and beautiful people. Happy Monday. I am back from vacation. If you just tuned in around nine o'clock, you've got me, Babs Rolls Ivy. Welcome to Love Babs Love Talk. Good morning, Harry Droves. Good morning, Babs. Welcome you're back. Me, you're joining me this morning. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of joining you this morning. I'm, I've kind of been on vacation too, right? So <laughs> I'm backed up. I didn't even look at one email this weekend. So I got stuff to do, but I wanted, right. I wanted to welcome you back. It is nice to be back in the big chair. <laughs> I am fully rested. Yeah. <laughs> I, hopefully, hopefully you had a, a great vacation. Harry, I love Martha's Vineyard. It's my favorite place. I, I go to Martha's Vineyard and it's like going home. You know. So I don't do the turn up. Like when I used to go to Martha's Vineyard early in my early, when I was young, young, I used to go to all the parties. You know, I'd run to all the parties, the white parties, the porch parties, cocktail parties, beach parties, theme parties, barbecue parties. And, you know, and then when I started having kids, that sort of wore off a little bit. Then I started bringing my daughters. And now I'm in a place where when I get there, I don't want to go to anybody's party. (laughs) I just want to read books, drink wine, walk to the beach, chill. That's all I do, Harry. So you relaxed. <laughs> I told I told my girlfriend, I was, listen, I run the streets in New Haven hard. Harry, <laughs> when I go on vacation, you know what I want to do? Not run the streets. Ah. So it was great. I had a good time. I, I you know, I thought you're the type who gets woken up on the beach in the morning, you know. <laughs> That was, that was the late 80s, Harry. <laughs> that, was a, that was the late 80s. <laughs> early, early 90s before marriage. Now, it's not, if I wake up on the beach, Harry, it's because it's about 2 o'clock in the afternoon and I done fell asleep. <laughs> I hear you. I can't do that stuff. I, 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 don't, I don't have no desire to party like that anymore in my life. I just don't. Every now and again, Harry, I like a turnip. You know I like a turnip. But I, I, it takes me too long to recover from a turnip. So I'm like, you know, I leave it to the young chicks. Let them be out there, cute, high heels, strapless. Th- I Listen. <laughs> Put a good meal in front of me, a good bottle of wine. <laughs> I know I, I can't I can't wait. I have my vacation in a month. Um oh, when are you going? September, September, October. Uh, October. So where y'all going? Myrtle Beach. It'd be nice in Myrtle Beach for that time of year. Yeah. Like that's perfect. It's perfect. It's it's also empty. Yes. Because all the so, stupid people think they should run for the summer. Yeah. They think, oh, I have to get to Myrtle Beach in the no, you want to go late September, October, because that's when it, the weather is perfect, the water is perfect, and you have you could get in and out of restaurants. <laughs> yeah, and, and and there's usually about four or five couples who make their way to the pools and to the beach and stuff like that. It's not, you know, like if you go, like if you go now, it's still crowded. You know? Oh yeah, and screaming kids. Yeah. Flustered moms, indifferent yep. dads, all that stuff. <laughs> and then and then college party kids all throughout. Like, mm. yeah. No way. So so, so yeah. So yeah, so 
I got to remind Nora because she's going to be covering for me. Um, also, Christina Malaley says, LOL, I can't wear the six inch pumps anymore either. No, girl. I Listen, there was a short window <laughs> from like 1980 to like 1988. <laughs> and, then, and then I had to drop it down. Then three inches was like, where I was my sweet spot. Now, Harry, an inch and a half is my sweet spot. I, I just can't, with these new hips too, I can't do it. Well, you know, I, I, I've always thought that's kind of like torture for women. I, I don't know how you guys ever did it. It is torture, Harry. I don't care what nobody says. It is torture. And you know, high heels was invented by men. No woman <laughs> would have invented that foolishness. I don't know. I, I you know, in my experience, women women judge other women more harshly than men do. Oh, so, you're right. <laughs> so we're we're okay with however you look. Usually, no, you're you're right, and that that is the God's honest truth, Harry. And women think men are doing all this talking. They're not. Yeah, no. Men don't care. They don't. They don't listen. We dressing up and all that ridiculous stuff. Men are like, okay, how you get that off? <laughs> well, right, because because once we're into you, we're That's into it. You. We're into you. That's, <laughs> That's it. it. <laughs> my husband told me that a long time ago. He was like, listen, you my Tyra Banks. <laughs> yeah, once we're into you, we're into you. We don't play around with all that stuff. No, men, men are not saying, oh, you little fat, you little. No, men was like, oh, I like this or whatever, whatever, whatever. I know of no man. Unless, you know, Harry, he's a manipulative asshole and, you know, that's all he does is macking women. But men who are into you, they just dig you. They like your curves. They like whatever. They not say, oh, she's fat or you're fat. Men men who dig you are not doing that. They like you. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's um like Karen reached her goal weight yesterday, right? Whoa. Um. Congratulations. Now now she's got a new goal. Um, But she's like, oh, my God, you know, her pants are falling off for her. And everything. And she's like, I can't believe you. You always tell me I'm beautiful no matter what I wear. And I'm like, she's like, oh, my God, I'm looking at my pictures now. How did I'm like, don't even play with me. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's it's the same for me, no matter what, whether you're. You know, 30 pounds lighter, 30 pounds heavier, it's always the same. I always feel the same. You know, and that's what, you know, a real man is, right? So a real man who's into you is into you regardless. Yes. And that's the thing that women need to need to get. And all this other window dressing is just window dressing. Now, listen, I'm all for women, Harry, putting on what they want to wear because it makes them feel good. <laughs> But if you putting on stuff as bait, that's never gonna. No one cares. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right, cause because we usually can't wait for you to take it off. Well, so. yeah, no, no one cares. All that, all that Victoria's, all that La Perla mess, all that. I feel good when I put it on, Harry. Don't get me wrong. I love a sexy lingerie. I like the way it feels on my skin. But you can't sleep in that mess. Because, you know, you'll be all wound up in the bed with that crap on. I mean, it's just, it's window dressing. But it's nice. I get it. I get it. Oh, I, yeah, I get it, too. 
I get it too, but it, it's not something you got to do every, every, every day. day. And also, you're not competing with what I have in my mind, right? So in my mind, you're it. If you're competing with somebody, you're competing against yourself or against somebody else. Yes. You know, so. Yes, yes, yes. So there's that part. So all you women out there, knock it off. <laughs> unless, unless you're doing it because it raises your own esteem. I get it, Harry. Because, you know, we have to do things to raise our own self-esteem. But if you're doing it because you want somebody to notice you, and, and you could get noticed. I'm not saying you won't get noticed. But, you know, looks are fleeting. Yeah, I mean, I mean and I see some, I've seen some ladies who wear those, those huge pumps and you could tell that they're having difficulty walking around in them, but they do it anyway. It's like, I don't get it, but you, well, know. you know why I stopped wearing high heels. The real reason for me, Harry, cause I read it. I read an article some years ago that talked about if you ever had to get away or run or get out of a dangerous situation, you can't do it in those ridiculous shoes. And now I don't know why that just stayed with me. <laughs> it just fueled my, my monsters are going to take over the world or, or, or terrestrial is going to take over. It just fed that. So I was like, I have to be ready all the time in case I got to, I got to get away. I don't want to have to bend down and unstrap some sandal or some shoe. Yeah. yeah the monsters that's... are not going to get me based on shoes, Harry. That's, that's number one. <laughs> if I have to scale a fence, a Manano Blandic is not going to keep me from scaling the fence. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not the running type, but, and, and there's a reason for that, right? I can't run. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no choice. We just fighting. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I want to get to the point where I'm able to run. If I need to run, like you said, if, if, uh, Something comes out the sky one day. I want to be or, able to or out the ocean or wherever the hell is hiding. <laughs> yeah, if Godzilla ever pops out, even though he might be my friend, Godzilla's I'm not worried about Godzilla so much, Harry, because he's not. You know, I'm not worried. It's 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 the it's the terrestrials among us, and they are among us, Harry. I'm. I read a piece the other week. They are with us, so I I'm convinced that these terrestrials are with us and are assimilating and are with us. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the belief of a lot of people. Now, um, now I'm not with the world. Is, the world is flat. I'm not that person. Oh, but you know, I am you know the... Shaquille O'Neal made a statement the other day. Harry, I saw that mess. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, come on, I, this guy. Come on, he's too smart. I think he was joking. You think he was Harry, I hope he's joking. Harry, he earned a PhD in education. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. He's too smart. I'm like, come on. Come on. He's like, when I'm in the plane. <laughs> but you know what? That is, if you if you look at the most basic level, right? You can go all the way down to the most basic level. You think I'm flying straight. It has nothing to do with the atmosphere. It has nothing to do with anything, right? So you think you have you're not thinking about how gravity is actually containing you so what it's, you're saying is you just stupid all the way around no no no, no. i'm saying that i'm saying I, I think he was joking i hope so harry because but i think that's how he was repeating something 
that was like, said to him, you know? Well, you, I, I, after I heard it, I was like, you know what? I probably should listen to the rest of this in context, but I can't. So I just left it alone. Well, the, the thing is, you have to understand how gravity, the atmosphere and everything. <laughs> but, but, but that's besides the point. That's besides the point. It's just the, at the most basic level, you think I'm flying straight. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm just flying straight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, wait, uh, <laughs> Christina Malayli is is has a few comments here. Let me go through them. She wanted to know whether you saw the MTV Video Awards. No, I yesterday. can't watch that stuff. I haven't watched since the nineties because I don't oh. know any of these people. <laughs> or oh, she she was talking. She said, "Talk about the risky outfits." risky outfits i don't i don't i don't mind risky outfits if you're a performer because let me tell you something that's fun you should be wearing risky outfits for fun and whatever i'm just saying in my everyday practical life i'm you're not going to see me in that stuff i'm not going to wear a chain dress i'm not (laughs) why not you know how much change it would take (laughs) harry i'd be a whole anchor (laughs) Are you kidding me? I, mean, I wouldn't be able to leave the house because I would have been able to pick myself up about that much chains on. Oh, talk about 12 years of slave. Oh my God. That, that's what I was gonna say. That's those that's just too too much. I was like, all that I was like, oh God, no. And all that fabric everywhere. I, I don't mind the fabric. I love Lizzo. Love, love, love her. Love that confidence. These young sisters that are coming up after her, Harry will have that level of confidence. She that, said it she said it was booty palasa. I listen, I ain't mad at it. Listen. <laughs> me, either. me either. I'm gonna go take a look at those pictures since she said that. <laughs> me, me too. <laughs> Nobody wants to see an old booty. I, I listen, that young booty is what you want to look at. Not this old booty. That. I don't know I don't about know. that. Well I, I don't know Harry. You you and, like a little J Lo booty. I like a little Angela Bassett booty too. Well okay there you go. All right, I ain't mad at you then. <laughs> I like a little Angela Bassett booty too, because I'm like, whoa. Yeah. See yeah. her? <laughs> she, oh my God. Jesus, incredible. Her <laughs> and uh, Viola Davis. You see Viola yeah, Davis? Yeah. I watched her training for this new movie, the uh, the the uh, Woman King. Yeah. I saw the I saw the trailer the other day. Oh, uh, but she's God. always been one of my favorites. Yeah, I like her. I like her a lot. Um, yeah, you know, I've always thought to myself why she hasn't been in so you know why leading roles haven't just fallen in her lap. Well, because racism. But um, but <laughs> but I, I I tell you what I did watch this weekend, Harry. I finally watched Prey because you know I'm that whole Predator. Oh. I love that whole Predator story, the franchise. I love it. So I watched Prey. It was good. A little different, like it actually had a real honest to God I could get with this story, and centering indigenous people, you know, and not and not making them so mystical. You know what I mean? Like they just love to make indigenous people mystical. You know, like ooh. You know. I like that. I like that part though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was some mysticism in there, I guess, but it was it was good. I I watched it. It was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. So, 
I don't know where they're gonna go next with this franchise. And um, before I get out of here, I gotta do some stuff. Um, Christina Malaley says we are not alone. That oh, would be alone. that would be scary to think that we are the only ones out there. No, we are not the only ones. Yeah, and she I'm said, convinced her they're with us. They're probably running all these news organizations. <laughs> most more than likely, let me tell you, the it's. A lot of people think the lizard people are the ones who are running this planet. So I don't know if they're lizards, but I tell you what, some of the best bars, I would imagine if I'm an extraterrestrial, I would go to the heart of where people congregate. And it would be it would be in bars and churches. <laughs> That's right. Pastors. And I would, I would just take on the form of whatever so I could get to know the humans. And where can I do that? In a good bar somewhere. <laughs> Hear their problems, see their stories, and then, you know, get ready for the takeover. And she said, you could, while skydiving, you can actually see the curvature of the earth. Yeah. Well, these you dummies know. are not going to skydive. <laughs> they want to stay on the earth and say, it's flat. <laughs> I was like, can you just take a hot air balloon, go up? Let's go, just, just. Listen, if you don't believe the pictures. <laughs> you remember the guy who died in a rocket, a homemade rocket trying to go up and film. Yeah. Ridiculous. I, I don't. <laughs> There's plenty of pictures out there. By I, the way. Listen, you Harry, don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we have satellites who have, that are actually pointed to the Earth. Listen, you could go to NASA right now <laughs> yeah. and turn on the NASA app and you could watch the Earth and the planets and the whole night. There's All plenty, day. There's just plenty of pictures out there. And to think to yourself, oh, NASA's trying to lie to me. But the Chinese, the Russians, <laughs> and Elon Musk, all of them are in the same freaking conspiracy, right? They're all together. Sorry. And and, and what would that conspiracy be? I know. Why would it be? It would be like, yeah, let's just make it round. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Okay. And and okay. and anybody who owns a telescope, just look up, look into our look at our solar system. Are there any other planets that are flat? <laughs> <laughs> just look up in your telescope. Just look. <laughs> oh Lord have mercy. God help these people. I think they have conventions too, Harry. I think they they think do. They... I, you know, I've I've wasted my time on this stuff. <laughs> Watching hours. Time you can't get back. <laughs> time I can't get back, but I was trying to understand them. Watching hours, hours of of their little docu series and all that stuff. <laughs> and at the end of it, it's them refusing to acknowledge science. But it's always people, Harry. There's all. I don't care what you do. You can, there's nobody on this. There's no groups. That will agree on everything. It doesn't matter. If yeah. you say, Harry, rain is wet, there'll be people who say, well, you know, rain is not actually wet. Yeah. Which is fine. If if you say, oh, there's no, there are people who will say, oh, I don't believe in climate changing. There'll be people who will stand in the middle of a storm and say, I just don't believe there's no such thing as climate. <laughs> it's, just, it's just always going to be somebody who's going to, like these people now, we're starting to see polio come back. 
which is the craziest thing. But these people were like, I didn't vaccine my kids. I didn't vaccinate them because I don't believe in it. And now we got these these diseases that we thought we eradicated coming back. And mm-hmm. I get it, Harry. People have a right to. You 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 can have the right to. But do you don't what... have the right to endanger other people. That's the well, they don't get. The, the thing is, is that you have the right to actually, you know, think to yourself, the government is out to get me. I get that. But don't say polio is fake. Don't say the <laughs> measles are fake. Don't say none of that stuff. Because then you just, you're just out there. You might as well be on a flat earth, right? <laughs> so don't just don't say stuff like that is fake, right? Just like there, there's a conspiracy now that the monkeypox ain't really happening. You, yeah? Ask, just go and look at some of those people who got those bumps all over their bodies. Ask them if that's really happening. I don't want to hear that any of that stuff is fake. You could, consp- you know, conspire in your head thinking, oh, the, gov- the government did it or whatever. But it's I'm done. always concerned with these people who think the government. Have they ever walked into a government office? Like, <laughs> well, I, yeah, I don't think that they cons- <laughs> Now, I don't there might that- be some people conspiring, Harry. Because I watch yeah. the movies too. I watch Clear and Present Danger. I watch. <laughs> no, no. I get yeah. it. <laughs> They're not talking about you know your DMV person conspiring against you. It's the the people in the higher ups, the CIA. Yeah, I, I get it. Well, I the CIA, it. which everybody thinks got rid of uh, JFK, right? Right. And and uh, and RFK. So, and those those two guys were worried about the industrial complex, right, of the government. So, so yeah, I mean, I see why there's so many conspiracies and stuff like that. And you know, Harry, we like a good conspiracy. Yeah, theory. of course. We we do. But it's got to be a credible one. Like, it can't right. just be... Don't, don't say stuff's fake or... Yeah, like... <laughs> or the world is flat. Let's go with you. Like, we with you with the aliens. And we don't yeah. like to use aliens because that's derogatory. We, we, we with the terrestrials, we we down with that. We down with Godzilla. We down with what, whatever. What are the other ones, Harry, we, we think we know? Oh, that Jews control the weather. We like that one, too. <laughs> only because we could use it against Paul, but that's but, Yeah, that's that's the only reason. So <laughs> That guy who, who did that conspiracy, he was actually a state yes. <laughs> congressman in Washington, D.C., or not a state, they're not a state, but you but know. a representative, you know. Yeah. But um, and he believed it. I saw the video, he believed I it. I know he you did, know? Harry. I I'm thinking to myself, that's a bridge too far, but okay. <laughs> but you know, go, go ahead. Like I said, go do your conspiracies, but I, I just am not with calling stuff fake and then allowing people to catch everything because yeah. you think it's fake. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one, because there's some things that you just reason has to win out. You know what I mean? Like, re- <laughs> like, re- like reason just have to win. Out. That sounded too reasonable. <laughs> like reason, reason just has to win out, because otherwise, I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I, if. If you could save your own life, why wouldn't you? Like, if you could save your children's life, why wouldn't you? You know, 
Like those people were like, oh, the vaccine, they're, they're putting nanoparticles in it. I'm thinking, all right, that, that, okay. Say that is true. <laughs> so, well, let me, let me just give some credence to that, right? I don't believe it, but let me just give some credence <laughs> to it because I've been reading for like maybe the last 15 years how they have all of these nanotechnologies that, and some of them are made so that they could use it in surgical procedures in the future and all of that stuff. I so some it. of them are made to go into your body and stuff. Yes. So I get it. I get it too. Because I, I, be- it. I believe before stuff like that ever comes to market, the government has already played with it. Oh yeah. Oh, so, Harry, come on now. We know that. I, I'm yeah. with you on that one. But I'm not with the, the ex- that's the excuse for not getting the no. <laughs> like that that can't be the excuse. They gotta I'm be like, good at proof. I'm so. sorry, you carry a cell phone. <laughs> like, you know how much radiation, you know how much. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, I'm down with uh being a test dummy here when it comes to those nano things. If they can vacuum out the fat. Right, make it easier on me. Listen, I'm sure the weight loss. You think Weight Watchers ain't sitting around with some scientists talking about? All I right, know. <laughs> I know we this need, is, uh, we next level stuff. weight loss because <laughs> it's already a billion dollar industry, Harry. It's yeah. a billion dollar industry and it's unregulated, so people could put all kinds of pills and potions out there, and people buy them in mass. Right. They do. Because everybody was looking for that fix, that quick fix. What's going to help me lose this weight fast? Yeah. And without harm. And, and um, I read an article of nanotechnology with um, they're using drones already. Getting to, what? To the, getting to the point where they're going to have little nano drones flying around. Oh, yeah. And you ain't even going to see them. So. And when they start talking about it, I always feel like they've already done it. They're oh, yeah. Carrying you, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. So when you see it, be like, oh, yeah, I heard about that. You don't even know where you heard it. It's yeah. already just been filtered into your consciousness. You know, first you'll see little movies and then and then they'll tout it as something that's really going to help you get your mail yeah. or something. Like a few years ago, I read MIT working on throwing sound up to over 100 yards right away from so actually throwing sound not that everybody hears it's actually targeting focusing on a person and throwing sound so basically throwing radio waves to that person and that person alone thinking to themselves god is talking to them if you wanted to do that oh boy you know so that technology exists already and they were talking about somehow bringing that to market someday right so when they start talking about that, you know the government's able to throw sound wherever they want. So you think to yourself, I just did God just talk to me? Right. And I think to myself, so many people who think they're crazy are probably test dummies in this situation where they think they're hearing voices, but then it's just they're just the test dummy. All right, let's stop talking about this because anyway, you know how the government works. We get too close. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm met with an untimely demise. <laughs> well, so, well, this was an MIT article, so. Uh, uh, 
Let's stop right here. <laughs> but, but right. So, so what they do is they put it out there. So they say, oh, we told you like 20 years ago. You didn't yeah. read that article? You didn't read that article? No. I was at the barbershop. No, they didn't <laughs> have that journal in that week. Yep. <laughs> no. A little scary. So, yeah, I think once you start going down this rabbit hole. Yeah, you can keep that? going. I'm, I'm for the conspiracy theories. I am. But you got to have a healthy dose of balance with that stuff. I'm not knocking nobody's conspiracy theory because in the movies, Harry, the ones with the, who know the conspiracy theories are the ones that figure out how to defeat things and how to save us. <laughs> so Yeah, the crazy person that you go, man, that guy is crazy. And then, then you're like, where's the crazy guy? <laughs> where's the crazy I need help. <laughs> so this all started when I, this all this whole conversation started because I said, I don't wear high heels because <laughs> I need to be able to get well, away. <laughs> well, when you're that high, Baz, do you see the curvature? <laughs> I, All right. I, I, I never thought the earth was flat. <laughs> All right. I got to get out of here. Or I'll try to join you in the second hour. Oh, yes, we got um, Gary Whitfield is coming on at ten fifteen. Okay, you know he's been um, he's he's been uh, I think three years into um, you know going to these schools and welcoming kids back to school. Today's the first day of school, Harry. Yeah, for these for these parents, I know they are glad as all get up to get these kids out their house and away for eight hours out the day or six hours or however long it is. I know it was like this morning, Karen, it was like her first day of school because, you know, she works at um, Booker T over there in New Haven. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. So she was like, I got to prepare myself and all of this stuff. And I'm like, "Ooh, it's like first day of school. She's like, it is my first day of school. Did you, take how- a, did you take a picture of her outside the no. house? Because <laughs> this, how- she started towards the end of the school year. Last, you know, well, the end of the school yeah, year, but it's not the year. But, you know, so she's actually starting her first day of school at Booker T. Washington oh. today. Oh. So she's going to have a hectic with the kids and all of this stuff. But good luck God bless her. Yeah. Wow. Well, to all the parents out there who are singing, is the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> and getting these kids off to school god bless you i remember those days well i'm several years outside of that now and i'm grateful i didn't have so, to go to so i spoke with bella yesterday uh-oh wish her luck she was excited she can't wait to go to school and see her friends and all that now daisy <laughs> she was upset Daisy's like i'm not feeling it <laughs> yeah she's like uh yeah and she said i'm gonna cry she's she actually she said I'm gonna cry. I don't want to be in school all day. I'm gonna cry. I'm like, she is okay. You you decided you're gonna cry. <laughs> it's like, although she might have a, you know, she might get there and and have such a good day that yeah. she won't cry. Do you know what I mean? Like, because maybe in her mind she built it up more than the anxiety is more than what actually occurs. You know yeah, I mean? well, well, you know, it's her first day in kindergarten. This. Oh, oh, wow. So, yeah, she, she's been going to preschool, but it's always been half a day, you know. Okay, so, so now she got to suffer. She, she knows it's going to be a full day. She's like, oh, God. 
Well, she, you know what? They know how to, they, they got a full day of things planned. So she, <laughs> it won't be like, she gets to 12 o'clock and be like, where's my parents and my grandfather? Cause I'm bored. They'll have stuff for her. Yeah. And, and, it, and before she know it, somebody would be picking her up and she'd be like, Oh, this is not so bad. And she'll, let me know tomorrow if she calls you today and tells you if she loves it or hates it. <laughs> if she's like, Papa, I'm not going back. <laughs> break, break, let's break, let's jailbreak, Papa. <laughs> let's run across country, Papa. I don't want to go back. Like, what, do you do? <laughs> what do you do, Harry? <laughs> You're like, listen. I remember that was me actually. My, my mother, <laughs> I followed my mother all the way home. She didn't know I was behind them. Oh my God, Harry. You was yeah. that kid? I was that kid. Oh so, Lord have mercy. She literally went into the the bodega about a block away. And I, you know, I grabbed something for her to pay for it. <laughs> she turned <laughs> around the light. <laughs> yeah, she's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> I'm like, I didn't want to stay in there. <laughs> I don't like it, mommy. <laughs> and she walked your ass right back. Yep. <laughs> don't make me beat you in here. <laughs> don't make don't make me be that Latina mother <laughs> beating, beating you in front of these white people. <laughs> you can't go to school. Oh my God. Well, let me know tomorrow how she does. And if she wants to go back. <laughs> well, you know, she might not be allowed into school today because her doctor's appointment got pushed back. So she doesn't have her required her paperwork. Paperwork. So they're, they're probably going to tell her you got to come back. Her appointments next week. So I know that's a, you know what that whole doctor's appointment stuff. But yeah. I used to get mine done. It's, you know what I used to do, Harry? As soon as they got out of for school in June, I would make their appointments and just get it done. So they get all their um, immunizations up to date. Because um, I, you know, I had Dr. Tamiko Jackson as my pediatrician. And so, you know, she kept us on a tight schedule. She's like, listen, as soon as school lets out, come and get their physicals. That way you don't, you're not rushing in here in August. The immunizations yeah. are good in June, just like they're good in August. And yeah. the physical is good in August, just like it's good in June. So that's what I would do. So as they get out of school, I would just start that whole thing. Dentist, all of it. So I could be done. Because that's a pain in the butt. It is. It is. But, you know, hopefully she gets in because you don't want her to get what she wants the first day and go home. <laughs> It's like, I got the power. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I run this. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, let the yeah, let the child. Yeah. Get hey, Babs. All right, Harry. Let me see what I can talk about for 20 minutes before uh before uh I gotta uh before Gary. Before Gary comes on and starts talking to me about uh school which I'm excited about. So anyway, when I was on the vineyard, I, I saw, um, I went to a talk with uh, Elizabeth Alexander and um, Henry Louis Gates, and they were at Union. And if you know anything about Union Chapel, Union Chapel is a black church where white folks go. <laughs> now, if you say that on the, if you say Union Chapel is a black church on the vineyard, people will say, oh, it's integrated. Whatever white people. 
It is a black church that white people go to and get black church. Simple. That's what it is. Y'all can say integrated all you want. I don't care. It's black church. And I don't care who's preaching this black church. But anyway, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Alexander uh, was in conversation with Henry Louis Gates at Union Chapel. And, and there's been a series of talks all summer at Union Chapel. When we were there for um, the jazz um, day, um, there was a bunch of talks that were going on that we missed because we were running, we were working the jazz, uh, jazz on the vineyard that had uh, Will Downing and Samara Joy. So we were, we were immersed in that. So we couldn't get to the, in, in any of the talks like Eric Holder and somebody, and it was all kinds of people all summer, all week, every week, all summer. So we caught, so this was the last one. But anyway, uh, Elizabeth Alexander, author of Light of the World, which is one of my favorite memoirs uh, because I knew Fikre, um, Gideon's brother, and they used to own um, a wonderful African uh, restaurant downtown, Cafe Adulis or Adulis, depending on where you fall in the world and how you pronounce it. And, you know, they're Eritrean. Um, and so uh, they came here. Uh, Eritrea was, has been in civil war because um, Eritrea sits right there between Ethiopia and some other countries. And so they've always been in strife, right? Always, just always being put upon. But anyway, they're from Eritrea. So they brought their, their culture and their food to, to New Haven. And, uh, and it was one of my favorite places to go. When I was married, my husband and I, we'd go there. They, they threw great New Year's Eve parties. Um, they'd have a whole full-on African band. You know, the food was communal. I mean, it was just, uh, and when Brianna was little, we used to go there and uh, Fikre would, he would be impressed that a child so young could eat so much spicy food. So he would just make stuff for her and bring it out and she would just eat it and she loved it. And he just would sit there and be like, this little kid likes all the spice. And to this day, Brianna likes spicy food. And her father. I like spicy to a point. But anyway, seeing Elizabeth talk about her new book, and you know, she she is the uh she runs the, the Mellon Foundation and has turned it into a social justice organization. <laughs> she you know, took these white folks' money and said, This is what we going to do. <laughs> ah, and I and I love that. And, you know, I have this whole campaign where I think she should be the next president of Yale University. I, listen, I'm just going to put it out there because I think that's what they need after um, the, the bean counter that's there now leaves. And, uh, and, and, and I, I, I'm not suggesting he's a bad president. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, it'll, it'll be time for a different vibe at the university. Um, and, and I would love for her to be the president. That's, that's what I'm saying. So, so Elizabeth Alexander, if you're listening to me this morning, you know, I go ahead and finish up your melon vibe. I get it. Fix them, get them right. Put them on the right path, make them social. I get it. I'm here for it. <laughs> and then come on back to New Haven. Cause you are missed. And, uh, 
you know, uh, come on, come on back. So Peter Salovey, I know him. I know his wife, Marta Moret, better um, because, you know, she's, she's in community a lot and doing cool stuff and always entertaining and always, you know, in the mix. Um, but, uh, you know, someday you want to give this gig up. I think Elizabeth Alexander would be the perfect candidate. I think she's the right mix of, uh, 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 of social justice focusedness, academic, academic respectability, and, and just assistant. So, uh, and she would, she would give it a different, she would give it a different vibe. Uh, yeah, Fee Gray was my friend, and I used to see him. He had the best walk of any man. You could feel Africa when he walked down the street. I mean, you could just feel it. I mean, first of all, he was good looking and sexy as all get out, tall, and he was the most friendliest person. And I would run into him downtown sometimes with the boys, his two sons, and sometimes I'd run into him by himself with his, you know, and he was an artist too. So if you went into Cafe Aldelis, it would be these giant works of art on the wall. And we used to be like, oh, are these for sale? And like, oh, no, 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 I could never sell. I could never. And we'd be like, are you kidding me? I was like, listen, whatever it is, we will put money down. You can keep it on the wall. We'll keep paying it for the next five years until we own it. And he'd be like, no, I can't sell it. I'd be like, what? <laughs> what do you mean you can't? What do you mean you can't sell it? So he never wanted to sell anything. And it would always be different art rotated in and out of the space. And that was just amazing. So I when so when I found out he passed, it just I I found out after the fact and I was just I, I could barely breathe because he was just somebody I enjoyed running into and seeing. And when he married Elizabeth Alexander, I thought that was like, and I didn't know her. So I only know her now because of him. And I know met her after the fact. So I remember when he said he was getting married. I ran into him downtown on Chapel Street. Uh, we were up by Claire's. He was coming down. I was coming around the corner. And he was telling me I'm about to get married or whatever, something like that. And I was like, whoa, you know. And uh, I just thought that was, he was just a lovely man. I, I, he, what, is, I truly can say, I, I think God messed that one up. <laughs> I, I, I have to take issue with God on that one. I was like, God, I think, I think there could have been somebody else you could have taken in his stead because he really is missed. And he was such a, he was such a flavor. He was such a flavor. And, and it just changed all of us, his passing. Even those that just didn't really know him or, or, or just passed him. It's a tremendous loss. But anyway, so I'm, I'm always just going to be mad at God for that one. Because I just felt like there's some more wretched people you could have easily just, you know. I know you don't get, I know God don't get down like that, but I just wished for once he would have picked somebody else or she would have picked somebody else. But, you know, I can't dwell on that because, because there's, there's things that happen, good things that come out of all kinds of things. And, you know, who knows what needed to happen in that family to make them the family that they are. So, but anyway, uh, Fikre is missed, but it was lovely to see Elizabeth Alexander and her son was in the audience. He came with her. Oh my God, I haven't seen them since they were little boys. Well, I no, I saw them. I saw them at, at art space for something. 
And I think, I think, I think it was, I can't remember what it was. I think maybe they were showing some of his father's work or whatever. I don't know. It was something, but it was a, it was a few years back. Um, and they were grown, you know, they were, I think they were just graduating college or something or other, but they're grown. I mean, they're grown up, they're grown up people, uh, but it's so, it's wonderful, wonderful to see them as grown up people. Really. It really is um, because they were such little boys. And I remember him walking down the street with them. I could see them as clear as I could see the sky, you know, with the, each one of them on the side of him. And they were so little and so beautiful. But anyway, but anyway, so her note, her new book is the Trayvon generation. And, uh, and she read from it and it was so, and thank you, Shah, for uh, getting it for me. Um, and I, I didn't stay long to get it signed because it was, it was just so many people and it was hot as the devil in there. <laughs> and, and if you've ever been in Union Chapel, it's like a, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a round chapel or octagonal chapel. Uh, but it was hot as all hell in there. So I was like, let me get out of there. Uh, but I'm going to read this because I, I love, you know, Elizabeth Alexander is a poet. So she has a real command of language. Um, she cares about language. You, 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 in her poetry and in her other, in her memoir, you have that sense of what that's like, um, uh, of the way that she uh, speaks to language. Oh, and let me tell you something. It was so many interesting people in that damn room for union. You know, all the people that are on, you know, the black intelligentsia, you know, the black, yeah, I, I like intelligentsia. I don't like to say black elite. Um, I, I like black intelligentsia. So Carrie Mae Weems was, I took pictures. So if you follow me on Insta or Facebook, put pictures up. So um, got pictures of, uh, and, and I could have easily just got out of my seat and walked over to say hello and talk to them. That's, that's how intimate it was and close. It was no security or anything. We just, I could have just walked over there, but I didn't want to. <laughs> First of all, I had walked, I had already walked a couple of blocks to get there. So I was sitting there and I was comfortable and I was like, I, it's enough that I'm in the space with these beautiful black people. So Karen Mae Weems was there. I met Lisa Dent's sister, uh, 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 Dr. Dent, um, who is the older sister, who is, I believe, married to uh, Angela Davis, uh, the Angela Davis, soul sister Angela Davis. Uh, it was just so many people in the space, artists and people you know uh, in the space. It was it was just incredible. And they were just all chatting like we all would be chatting, just being beautiful and Black in the space. So uh, uh, Gina Dent, Dr. Gina Dent. Uh, and, I, and I recognized her because I had saw a picture of a conversation she was hosting with Angela Davis somewhere else. I don't think it was on the vineyard, but it could have been. I don't know where it was, but I, I recognized her from pictures and uh, she was just lovely. So now I done met the whole dents, all three of the dent sisters, which should be its own story, right? Because they're very, three very different women, three very different women, uh, which is how it is in black families. We're all very different people. So it was just wonderful to be in the space. I, and I like Union Chapel because when I'm there, I, I, that's where I go to church. If I go to church, if I'm there on a Sunday, that's where I would go. To, that's where I go to church. And, uh, and I've heard all kinds of people speak there. So I, 
I've just seen all over the years, I've seen all kinds of people. And it's very casual, very casual and easy and breezy. I mean, it's just, just a wonderful, wonderful place. And they do this. They start these talks in the early part of the summer. And you can just, you don't have to register or anything. You just show up. <laughs> it's like, oh, talking to Eric Holder. I'm talking to, I'm talking to, I'm talking to uh, the sister that, uh, uh, the Juneteenth Project, um, Hannah Jones. She was just there a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so people are there talking. And it's always, you know, it's about an hour or so. It's always a good, a good look. So if you, if you, you know, want to take a little break from all the parties, and there are a lot of parties. Um, that's catch one of the talks, one of the intellectual stimulating talks, uh, where we are just being our authentic selves and 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 not caring about white folks. You know, uh, and I, I must say, Martha's Vineyard is one of the one of the few places I think in the world where white folks just know that they're gonna be with black people. And they don't sweat it. At least I've not had that experience. I'm not suggesting that racism doesn't rear its ugly head, because anywhere there are black people and white people, racism will <laughs> rear its ugly head. It just does, um, even even if it's covert or or inadvertently, it just does. Uh, but for the most part, Martha's Vineyard, particularly Black August. Uh, which is, you know, at the height of the season, uh, is, uh, I, I would say, uh, late July, and then all of August is Black August. So uh, so if you've never been on the vineyard for that, go. It's, it's an experience. And then you'll get, to, you'll get to understand why people, when they get there, Black people, when they get there in August or late July, whatever, they get there and it's like, <laughs> you know, like an exhale, like I'm with my peoples, and it's all the peoples. It, it's it's not separated by by um, social economics. It's not. You don't know who's rich, and I mean, you know who's rich and who's not rich. No, you know who's rich. You don't know who's not rich. That's the thing. If you're there, you're there. Everybody's there. That's what I love about it. I'm not rich, but I'm there. Right, like. I have no means. I have none of the means that allow me to be there like every, like some people. But I'm there. And that's all that really matters is that you're there. So I love seeing all my sorrows. I mean, this means a lot to me to see Black excellence at that level and, and Black relaxation. That's really what it, Black relaxation. I, I, don't, I don't know of any place in the world where we have that kind of, ah, uh, <laughs> not even in Atlanta. And I love going to Atlanta for its blackness. Same reason why I used to love going to DC for its blackness, you know. Um, but Martha's Vineyard is its own vibe, its own, and you know, the polar bears. And there was wonderful articles and stories done about them this year. Um, I think they're celebrating a, a, a landmark milestone, uh, you know, and them sisters get out there and men too get out there in that water and they work out and they yoga on the beach. And, yeah. <laughs> and they start that mess at sunrise and I'm like, ooh, 
Okay, beautiful people. And they used to walk by our house. Come on, dance. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Can't do it. So anyway, uh, I, I, I enjoyed my time on Martha's Vineyard. I didn't do any shopping. I stayed out of stores because I know you get in say la vie, baby, and it's over. And so I was like, uh-uh. I didn't even go to Cousin Rose's gallery because I know if I would have got in there, I'd have bought a mountain of cards. I would I would have because I have done it. <laughs> I didn't go down to my favorite little Indian spot because I would have bought some stuff. I, I would have been spending money and, I, and I, I made a point that I'm not spending any money. I got a whole birthday to prepare for in Marrakesh. So I can't do it. So anyway, I just... Yeah, <laughs> but we ain't good. And that's for me, I, you know, as my friend Bet in San Francisco has crowned me many years, the, the goddess of fine wine and good taste. And damn it, if I don't live to that. I love good food. I love good wine. And I love good comp company and good conversation. I, I love, that's the level of pleasure that I, I like to exist in. Honest to God, I, I love it. I love, and I, and I like, um, you know, I, I like, I like civility on a lot of levels, you know, not white folks civility, but black folks, Southern gentility. I, I, I grew up with that and, uh, and I like it. I like, I like good glassware and I like, and I don't care if nobody else digs it, but me, I don't, I don't really care what other people think. I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> so, you know, if, if I had to choose between plastic cups and glassware, I'm going to always choose glassware. Uh, not, uh, I know plastic is easy, but I, I tend to like to serve people in glasses. I don't care if I have to wash them. Part of that entertaining is that. I, I don't mind that. So... I, I try to, now, if I'm having a huge gathering of people, then it's prudent to use, you know, plastic cups or whatever, little wine things. But if it's just like 10 or 15 people, I've got enough glassware for 50 people. <laughs> I do. You know, stuff I haven't even unpacked. But I, that's, but that's just that's how I roll. So I like that. So anyway, we're going to have the call letters and then uh, we're going to have a break. And then I'm going to come back. I'm going to be talking to my friend, Gary uh, Winfield, who probably is listening, but he might be still at the school or on his way home or whatever. But he's going to tune in and we got to talk about this back to school movement that he's been doing, greeting these young children. I, I just love it. And if I wasn't on air, I'd be over there because I did go one year before, before the show became every single day for two hours a day. Uh, I did go the first, the, I, the, I think in the early years. Uh, I did go one year and uh, and I just loved it. And I, I was at Lincoln Bassett. And this was before I even lived in this neighborhood. So I, I love that these kids get greeted with such care. So anyway, so the call letters are next. We're going to take a break and then I'll be back uh, and we'll have a good conversation with the Senator, Connecticut Senator uh, Gary Winfield. Hi, Hi, this is Babs Rawls-Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut. And you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. Do you know if the kids have to get the COVID vaccine for school? My five-year-old starts kindergarten this year. It's not required, 
but I did get mine vaccinated to be on the safe side. There were several cases of COVID in the classes this year, and I'm happy they all stayed healthy. I just keep wondering if the COVID vaccine is the right thing for my child. I understand fully, and from what I've seen, there's been no major issues with my friends or their children. The COVID-19 vaccine is safe and effective, and it improves people's lives. Thanks to this vaccine, there is less spread and fewer symptoms reported by those who get infected. Now everyone over the age of six months can get it, and no appointment is necessary. Find out more at nhvvax.com, nhvvax.com. Make summer safer. Protect your family from COVID-19. Anyone over nine months old can get vaxxed. No appointment necessary. Visit nhvvax.com. That's nhvvax.com for everything you need to know. I'm New Haven Health Director Marissa Bond. If you or your family have COVID-19 symptoms or think you were exposed to someone with COVID, quarantine, stay home, and get tested on day five if possible. If you have COVID, isolate, wear a mask, vaccinate, get boosted, and tested as needed. Those are the best ways to stop the spread of COVID. At this time, we are vaccinating everyone ages five and up. Stay safe, New Haven. For all of us. Every time I drive by And I roll down the window To raise up my hand And we flash each other the peace sign And it flows like a river The same way every day And I look forward to it every time I hope you have someone like that in your life Who waves to you and makes you feel fine I can tell has the hearts for me She blinks her fake eyelashes slowly And clicks her gum in a seductive way And it flows like a river the same way every day And I look forward to it every time I hope you have someone like that in your life Who winks at you and makes you feel fine Cause it's a long way down the river and it's a long way home And I hope you have someone special in your life Who smiles with you and helps you have fun next door to me walks his old dog every day and I watch as he walks by my window and one day I'm gonna say hey and it flows like a river the same way every day and I look forward to it every time I hope you have someone like that in your life to say hey to and make feel fine Cause it's a long way down the river And it's a long way home And I hope you have someone
special in your life Who smiles with you and helps you have fun Yes, I hope you have someone special in your life Who smiles with you and helps you have fun Time goes by so fast Like a blink of an eye Every second you live A part of you will die No control over what you are And what is real Make decisions based off the last Little fairy tales Can I tell you a story
darkness away from your heart slowly enters in and then it claws you apart spark your flame until your fire explodes you won't be scared if you're led by the light and hope don't let the weight of this world don't let it get you don't let it get you forgive like you
distant shores I've been waiting wanting more for the whole night and it ain't right I've been saying what's on my mind trying to explain what can't be defined and for so long it's been so strong suddenly it's clear now that I can hear The ones that I wrote Oh, these melodies 
Here are some memories And these love notes I found in an old coat Mean something new All because of you to lean on can you hear me come near me i've been dreaming my angel will come but i never expected that you'd be the one now i found you i wanna stay around you suddenly it's clear now that i can hear Turning on Babs Rose Ivy. Welcome to the second hour of Love Babs Love Talk. Hey, Gary Winfield, Senator of Connecticut. Hey. Good morning. How are you? Happy, happy first day of school. <laughs> Welcome back to New Haven. Welcome back. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I had to come back at some point. Some point. So, so now what school were y'all at this morning? We were at the uh, Barack Obama uh, uh, University Magnet School. Oh, all right. So you've been doing this how many years? Three, four years now? Nine. Oh, oh. <laughs> Nine. It's insane, actually. <laughs> oh, my God. I wasn't even close. Oh, my gosh. All right. So, all right. So, y'all know Gary has pulled together all kinds of people to go and welcome these babies back to school at a different school all over the city. Tell, what, why did you start this? What, t- tell us what's the name of it and why did you do it? It's the Because You Matter Tour. Uh, okay. And it started off like a lot of folks. It wasn't about doing the Because You Matter tour. It had no name. We just went out and uh, showed up at a school, right? And started doing what people do, clapping and cheering. Um, and then that was back in 2013, obviously. And then the next year, um, I think we did two that year. Uh, and then the next year, uh, we did the first one. And what happened was there was a young man uh, who was going to kindergarten. Uh, and his uh, first year of school was pre-K in another school, and it was a disaster, an utter disaster. And like a lot of uh, parents, when he went home and told his mother it was bad, his mom was like, oh, don't worry about it, baby. Go back to school. It'll be okay. And it never got better. And so when he got off the bus, 
he was expecting to go into a new school, but to have a similar experience. But when he got off the bus and we were there, and like losing our minds and yelling and screaming and telling him he was all right. And, you know, all of that stuff, uh, he was impacted by it. So what happened was what we saw was he went through the line and at the end of the line, he just stood there looking at us. Right. And I thought we had like scared the hell out of this kid. So we, we sent the woman over who was with us to talk to him so that we could keep sharing the rest of the kids. And she came back and she told me that it was because uh, when he went through the line, he realized or he thought that the school year would be great. Right. Because if I'm, if this is how I'm coming in. It's going to be great. And at that moment, I was like, you know what? This might be more than a first day or one or twice a year. You know, this might be something we should regularly do. And so what I did was I contacted a bunch of schools and we uh, at that point began doing it once a month. And it's now to the point where we're doing it twice a month. And I've been having discussions to do it three times a month. Um, so we multiple times a month go to a different school in New Haven and stand outside and lose our minds and welcome the kids and tell them they're amazing and we love them and, you know, get them pumped up. And it, it's been it's been phenomenal. It really has. Wow. And I, I can imagine that's good for the kids, but I suspect it's even better for the adults that show up to sort of do this. Uh, the job I have, I love have, I love the fact that I have it, but you know, it can be stressful. It is great to be out first thing in the morning, <laughs> giving all that energy, right? It's a great outlet. And I would say to people who might think about it and they don't know, you know, I'm tired. You won't be when you're done. Right. You're going to get pumped up, too. You're going to feel good when you see the smile on the face of the young folks. You're going to know that you potentially have an impact on somebody's life. I'll tell you a quick story if I can. Yes. Uh, a couple of years back, uh, when my oldest kid was in high school, we stopped by Korea and there was a young uh, man there who was affected by us. Right. And probably other kids. But we know about this young man. He gets off the bus. He goes past us. Most kids in the high school just kind of blow past us, you know. Uh, and we're outside doing this. And so later I'm talking to my daughter and I'm like, did, did we embarrass you too much? <laughs> and she's like, nah, I don't know. But she tells me the story of this young man who goes into the lunchroom and the kids are making fun of the stupid old folks outside, you know, uh, and he loses it and he loses it. And he tells them, he's like, nobody talks to me. Nobody says anything ever. I just go, I leave my house, you know, this kind of experience that we know happens. And he's telling them, he's like, look, this was, a, this was amazing for me. Right. He didn't tell us, but he's telling those kids. And so, you know, you have impact that you just don't know. And for that young man, you know, it changed his whole day. Right. To the point where he was willing to stand up. Like, you know, in high school, you don't do that. Right. Yeah. He was willing <laughs> to stand up and tell those kids, hey, cut it out. <laughs> it's huge. It really so is. And look, it, I was just gonna say, here's the thing that's amazing about it. It doesn't cost us anything. Right. It's free. All we got to all we have to do is pay in time. That's it. I love it. So do you hear from teachers and school administrators? Like, what do you hear from the inside? Uh, I hear, because we've been doing it long enough too, you know, when you go back, you hear reports about what happened the last time or uh, whatever. I hear that it really does change the atmosphere in the school, right? It really has an impact. But, you know, you're going into school and you're like, you're, most kids aren't going to school pumped up, right? You're going into school and these people are out there and they're like full of energy and love. And like, it, it's go, it has to change the day. I also have had schools that I tell, we can't get to every school every year. I've had schools that I tell them we're not doing um, 
a particular year and somehow they get they force themselves back into the schedule. So I know that <laughs> something is going right. I actually have that situation right now where I have to figure out how to put a school into the schedule. So um, they're telling us that it matters. Uh, and, and, you know, we really want to be there for all of these schools. And one of the reasons why I'm going as many places as possible talking about this, because we need more folks, right, in order to keep doing this, uh, because that's what drives, that's the currency of this thing. Mm-hmm. And so does it matter that it's Black folks or does it matter? It could be any folks. Do you, do, do you love our children? If you love our children, come out and help. That's what matters to me. I mean, I know some of these uh, groups that do it, particularly don't like the first day of the year and then don't really do the whole year. They do like it's a black men thing or whatever the case may be. And that's cool. I get it. Right. But these kids need love all year round. And if we're going to do that, I doubt that that's just going to be black men. Right. I think you can erase the black men on the first day. But people have work schedules. They have children. They have all that other stuff. If we're going to do this. This is a community effort of people who love our children and want to see them succeed. So, so what is the what is the time commitment? How long are y'all out there? Like, when does it get started? And does each school have its own time, or is right. there some unified time? No, it's based around the school schedule. So, what we do, what I do, is in the summertime, we reach out to um, whatever the number of schools somewhere between, depending on. 10, 15, 20, depending on how oh many. Oh my gosh. Well, think about it. We're doing two a month now, right? So uh, so it's, we reach out to all those schools in the summer and we figure out what their schedule is and we make sure that we are there during the time that the buses are coming in. So usually about a 30 minute commitment uh, of time. And, you know, we, we roll through the bus schedule. Um, and, you know, it's fun, except maybe in February when it's like three or four degrees. Right. <laughs> and I even have a story. I have a story of being in a school. I won't mention the name, but we've been to the school a lot uh, uh, going and there weren't any folks there with me because it was four degrees. I remember exactly how cold it was. And the principal opens the door to the school, looks out and goes, I can't believe you came today and closes the door. <laughs> I was like, you're not coming out with me. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, to, not today, buddy. <laughs> But that's all right. I was still out there. So, so, so you picked the schools. How many schools are you up to? Like 10, 15 schools? So it's two a month. There's 10 months, but you know, sometimes we have a holiday. So it usually works out to about 16 or 17. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. And if we, right. to, if, we to, if we go to three times a month, we'll probably be close to 23, 24. So do, do you have a, do you have a goal of, 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 do you have a goal for this? Or, or does it does it tell you what it needs? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think it kind of tells you what it needs, right? So we, we do the thing where we stand outside the school. Some of the schools want us to come inside and talk to the, to the young folks, right? And we, we will do what the school needs, right? At the base, it is the welcoming of the kids and basically putting the arms of the community around them. But we also do the part, right? I, I, spoken to kids for many years. I can do that part on, on command. Uh, and many of the people who are involved are people who are from the community. So this morning we had a um, young lady from Black Lives Matter. We had Sean Reeves. Uh, we had Maurice from the NAACP. Where, you know, the, the folks who are in the community, uh, we bring uh, and, and engage them. So all of these folks have done this work. Um, and then other folks who see what we're doing sometimes join and they just love the kids and it, it just works out. I love it. All right. So, so you start with, well, not start, but 
you you go to all the schools, like even the schools for little, little kids and to high school kids. So what I do is we do it twice a month. So usually uh, one school is a high school and the other school in a month is a K through four, K through eight, right? Depending on what school we're talking about. Um, and then we just kind of try to switch off so that we can knock out as many of both types as possible. Um, and, you know, I also keep track of what we did the year before. So when I'm making a schedule for the next year, we try not to go back to a school unless we feel like that school really needs a little extra love. So talk to me about, I, I, I would imagine it's easier to get little kids to be hyped up because this is new and it's sweet. But for high school kids, because, you know, they got their own angst, their cool pose. They've got a whole lot of other competing things for their coolness and and not drawing attention. So <laughs> talk, talk a little bit about what the high school experience is like when they get off the buses. Do they do they look at y'all? Do they acknowledge you? I mean, you uh, you raised teenagers, so you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm all over the map with kids. Uh, they are, they, and they're all over the map, right? There, there are many of them who are not trying to engage, who are um, trying to, they have the music on, they're trying to look away, all of that. I'm really, I'm really persistent though, I will say that. Uh, and, and I know that um, the fact that they're not giving us direct eye contact doesn't mean that they're not engaged. Uh, but there are a lot of young folks in, in that environment. You know, it's something interesting about young people who are trying to be cool. When you're out there and you're genuine and you're giving them that energy, it, you can break through that, right? Um, and there's a lot of that going on in the kind of like hidden smile thing going on, right? Where they don't really want to smile, but they're like, God, you got me, that kind of thing. So we, we experience it all. And uh, what I know is, because I've had conversations with some of these young people I didn't expect to have conversation with later, what I know is even when they're not giving it back to us, oftentimes they're, they're receiving exactly what it is we're giving to them. And, and other conversations, um, it has come back to me that that is true from that young person. I will tell you another thing that's pretty cool. Um, we don't just say, hey, well, do the whole thing. We, we try to engage in conversation if possible with the young people if they're willing. Uh, and it has meant that we've helped young people to see how to do things. So there was a young lady at one of the schools who wanted to bring a club to the school. Uh, and I don't know, I don't remember why she couldn't just ask the school, but her mother found out that we were going to be at the school and her mother said, well, you should, it had to do with politics. So her mother said, you should ask the Senator, right? So she asked me <laughs> and I told her what I thought. And I, when I came back two years later, she told me that she had started the club and they had gotten involved in some campaigns and all kinds of things. And I was like, that's amazing. But, you know, had we not been there, she probably just would have wanted to do it and never actually figured out how to, to accomplish the task. So, you know, we bring the people and the skill sets that the people have to those schools too. I, I like, I like to ask the Senator, that might be another component to this whole, <laughs> they might have to set aside by, 15 minutes. By the time ask this is over, senator. this will be a whole thing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> ask the senator. So when you started this nine years ago, Gary, what, what was your intention? Like what, what, what was it that said, that made you say, you know what, I think this is necessary or I want to do this. Like what, what was the thing? For me, it's, it's, you know, so I was an activist years ago. Right. And uh, one of the things that uh, I feel is true is that we spend a lot of time talking about what we don't have. Um, and we ignore the things we do have. And there were a lot of people talking about what we should have in the school. And I listen, I talk about schools all the time. So I clearly agree with them. 
but I'm watching these people talk and talk and talk. And I'm like, we have us, like, you know, we have us, we can choose to be present. And so my goal was to demonstrate that one, we could do it and that it couldn't be meaningful. Uh, I didn't know that it was going to turn into what it is, but that was really the goal to, to demonstrate, look, while we're waiting on the money, the, the program, whatever it is, there's stuff we can do. And our children don't get to be four again. They're four for a year and then they're five, right? They don't get to be five again. They're five a year, then they're six. So if we're sitting around talking and they're going four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, we're missing all of that. So let's stop doing that. Let's keep figuring out how we can get whatever it is we need. But while we're doing that, let's do what we can do. And that's what this was really about. That's what mm-hmm. this still is about. And so the folks that come and volunteer, uh, I would imagine that they're inspired to do a little bit more too. Do you have any of those kinds of stories? Like people are like, you know what? I, this feels so good. I have an idea. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot. Well, I, I was, I don't know what the ideas have manifested to. There are a lot of conversations about ideas. Um, and so I'm hoping that some of them have actually turned into something. I've been trying to get people, I've gotten people from other municipalities to come every once in a while. Oh, I, I keep, yeah, they, because they, they hear about this, they see it on Facebook, they're like, I want to see what it's about. I'm like, well, come on. Um, and I'm, I keep trying to get people to like start their own, right? like go go into your municipality and do it. We haven't been successful. Although I would say other places do a thing, right? Like Hartford this week, uh, they have like the first week where they do it. Um, they don't do it necessarily the rest of the school year, but they have like a group of men that do it the first, the first year, right? So there's that and there are other places where they do that kind of thing. So I don't know. But one of the things that has happened, people are energized and some people become regulars, right? So he's running for a treasurer. Eric Russell has been with us for about five years. Uh, and he comes out and then he actually comes out in the cold, by the way. So uh, <laughs> I'm not always alone in the cold. Uh, but there are people who become regulars and they, they love it. And they, 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 like me, come to understand the impact you can have by just showing up and you know, nobody's covering that, but you're having such impact on these young people. And I'll tell you another story. There was a, I was on uh, the green for New Haven. Uh, Leap does the read aloud on the green every year, right? I'm on the green. This young lady comes running over. She's got to be like eight. She comes running over. She's like, oh, Senator, Senator, can you stay here? Can you stay here? I'm like thinking to myself, how the heck does she know me? But I'm like, okay. And she goes and she gets her mother. And she brings her mother over there. And she's like, she's like, mommy. This is the senator I told you I know, right? And and I'm like so confused right now. Because I don't know who this kid is. I had been at one of the schools doing, you know, the Because You Matter thing. And I guess she told her, she went home and she told her mother, I met a senator today. I know Senator Winfield, right? And so she was just so proud that she could demonstrate to her mother that it was true, right? It's, it's not the most meaningful thing in the world, but for that little girl, that was huge. I love it. Showing up matters so much. So when did you decide on a name? Like, when did you know you had to call it something other than we showing up? (laughs) Uh, About 2016, I started thinking, I need to figure out how to draw people to this. So, you know, I know that the, the stuff, matters to folks, right? When you see the stuff, the name, the image, when you see the stuff that makes it seem real, 
then in your mind sometimes it becomes real, right? And so in 2016, um, I realized that I kept telling the kids, hey, you matter. <laughs> like I kept saying that to you. I would say uh, there were a couple of things I would say, obviously, good morning. Um, I was, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a dad, right? So I'm corny. I'd be like, it's all you all year, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Uh, and and I would tell them that you matter, and and I was like, man, that's the perfect name for it. It's the because you matter to it. That's why we're here. We're out here, raining on us, snowing on us, ice cold because you matter, right? And that's how it became the because you matter to it. Um, and then you know we tried to figure out logos and all of that stuff. And this year I finally put together a shirt, um, and it just grows more and more. And at some point it'll be something really solid. But right now it's just. Can we love on the community? Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I, 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 I don't think people think about what this means to a kid getting off a bus first thing in the morning, particularly if you've had some drama in your neighborhood the night before or some drama at your house, or you're just a kid that just goes unnoticed. And this is for all the kids, the ones that are noticed, the ones that are stars, the ones who are not stars, that everybody gets some of this shine a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, is that the is that the intent? Like, no matter what kind of kid you are, we're going to love on you? I don't care what you did the day before. I don't care what anybody thinks about you. All I care about is that you know that somebody cares about you. I mean, it has been, we've had, we've had experience where, you know, you just don't know what's going on in, in anyone's life. And in the life of a young person who's trying to deal with these stresses and traumas. We've had young people who, you know, talk about breaking through, uh, you know, with the smile. We've had young people who we've done, hey, you know, and it turned into that young person needed a hug, right? <laughs> right? And, and, and broke down and, um, you know, we directed them, of course, to the people in the school who deal with that. But it, it you don't have a clue about what's going on. And I've seen enough of our young folks who need the interaction, who need that love to know that this won't be stopping anytime soon, right? Like I said, it's likely to go to three times and probably four times a month. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know where I'm gonna get all these days from, but um, the, the point is everybody, no matter what you do, whether you're a good student, a bad student, whether you you know, come from a home where you have the things you need or home where you don't, you should know that the community loves you. We talk about um, how important school is and how important interacting is. The only way to actually demonstrate that is to be there. So that's what we're trying to do. Now, do you do you ever think strategically about who ought to, who, who you ought to invite to come and do this? Like, do you say, you know what, I want to see firefighters today, or I want to see New Haven Police Department today, or I want to see nurses or, I mean, do you, do you think strategically like that? You know, when we started, we were trying to do more of that kind of thing where it was, we want to see people from various professions um, because you want to put that in front of young people so that it's an option that they've seen. Um, at this point, I do less of trying to make sure that we have that than I did in the, in the past. What I'm trying to do now is make sure that folks there. Uh, because what I, what I know is, while that's important, uh, what's really important is the other part we just talked about, about um, feeling from the people who are there that there, it's more than just I came because there's an opportunity to be in front of a camera or I came because uh, I was commanded to be there. Uh, but I, I came because 
I am concerned about you. Uh, and so for me, I want all types of folks to be there. Uh, I want people who look at those young people and see themselves in the young people. And so they can give love to those young people. I, that, that's, that's what I really want. If we can get professionals to do that, great, right? But if I could get, you know, the guy that everybody knows who's off the block, but who, who's, who's loving on these kids, right? And it's a safe environment. I'm there, the, the teachers are there. Uh, and, and they're gonna come and they're gonna give a high five or they're gonna, they're gonna tell them, you know, you're amazing. That's who I want there, right? So it's, no, it's not really about what it initially was about. I think a lot of the programs where they just do the first year of school, first day of school every year, that's what it tends to be about. But ours is about, there's a community here, right? And, and a community has all kinds of folks. My community always had it. It's had professionals and it's had, you know, that person everybody knows, but they certainly aren't professional, but they all matter too. And mm -hmm. they are going to come here and tell you, uh, I took time out of my schedule, whatever that schedule is, to, to show up for you. So, so Gary, I, listen, I know something about negativity and naysayers, and I'm sure you've gotten your share of people saying, well, this doesn't solve poverty. This doesn't solve shootings. This doesn't solve low test scores. You know, this doesn't solve a damn thing. So what's, you know, what do you, what do you say to the, I don't want to call them haters. What do you say to the people who are just not feeling this whole concept and think that it is, you know, a little too late, not enough or whatever? I don't give them energy. I mean, look, I, I've had haters and everything that I've done. That's, that's cool, right? Like you're paying attention to me because I'm doing something. Right? You wouldn't be paying attention to me if I weren't doing something. So clearly I'm doing a thing that is to be talked about because you're talking about it. Here's, here's what matters to me. What matters to me is not that I fixed everything. It's that I did what I can to make things better. And that's what I'm doing in multiple ways. And by the way, this is one thing that I, that I do related to schools, right? Um, I think people know that when it comes to the issue of reading, which is a big issue in New Haven right now, uh, I've played a role in that. Uh, we clearly have this. I do mentoring. And so it's one thing. And my thing to people is like, hey, we're not fixing everything with this. You're right. But where are you? Show up, come experience it. And then if you if you don't like what we're doing, if you think it's a problem, talk to me about it. Go talk to other people, tell them about us, but come show up and find out what it is we're doing. Because I think when, when people show up, they walk away saying, I think it actually does matter. And I know, I know this is not because you matter to them, but I know showing up and giving your all really matters. I, I often tell a story about a young lady. I was at a legislative breakfast. And this young lady came up to me and she says, I need you to stay right here, right? She grabs herself and she's like, I gotta call my dad. And she's, oh, she's calling her dad. And then she says to me, can you talk to my dad, right? And I can hear her dad yelling in the phone, right? And I'm like, what is going on? I had given a graduation speech and I don't know what I said. I have no clue what I said, but whatever I said at that graduation speech made this young lady believe that she could go to college. Now think about this. The kids that they put in front of us at legislative breakfast are the stars at the university. But for whatever reason, this person who's a university star, so she always was, right? Like you don't just become a university star. This person who's a university star didn't believe she could go to college. And because I showed up on a day and said some words that I don't even know what those words are, she went to college. So the father is like losing his mind. He's like, thank you. I've been talking to her. 
telling her what she could do. She had straight A's, by the way. Telling her she could go to, but she didn't believe it until that point. So showing up, being in the space, engaging, you have no idea what impact you have on somebody's life. I'm still, this is years ago. I'm still blown away by that. Right? <laughs> like, why the hell didn't you think you could go to college? You're like one of the top students. But sometimes it just, it just hasn't clicked for you. And somebody just has to be there or somebody just has to say a couple of words or look at you the right way or whatever it is. And it makes a difference. So you want to hate, hate, but show up, right? <laughs> like show up while you're hating and help us make sure that you <laughs> get the experience. I, I love it. So, so talk to me about the biggest dream. What is the biggest dream for this? What, for do, you, this? what do you, what do you want? Well, if you could, if, if, if I'm the genie and I say, you know what, Gary, you could, you could, I give you the will to do all of this. What, what, what does it become? What do you want? I mean, for me, it would be a couple of things. It would have spinoffs in other places so that it was happening um, across the state and maybe even bigger than that. Um, and I would really like to build out the, the mentoring component of it that isn't really built out yet. Um, I, I also know how impactful that can be. Years ago, I did a program with um, some men in the community where we took what were the worst kids in the schools uh, for six months and, and engaged with them in a way that men might be able to engage with young boys who aren't doing what they're supposed to do. And that was, that was amazing. It really was to watch these kids who were supposed to be so bad turn back into little boys and be thankful for the fact that people showed up. There was a, a the worst kid over at, um, oh, it'll come back to me. The worst kid at one of these schools, um, at the end we did a little like ceremony and he gets up and they, they have to give their little speech and he gets up and he goes, I wanna be grateful for And One of the adults stands up and says, no, no, no. You wanna be thankful, not grateful. And he says, no, I wanna be grateful. I've never been grateful for anything in my life. <sighs> Man, and oh. the, the adult sat the adult sat his butt sat his butt back down. Apparently, <laughs> he wants to be grateful. Um, but just think about that. This is like supposedly the worst kid in the school who understands that he hasn't been grateful for anything, which means he understands that there have been things to be grateful for in his life, and he's missed it. And that happened because I think it was four four men decided to go and ask a school, could they show up? <laughs> what? That young man might not turn into a shooter because of that. So that's, that's amazing to me. I think this is so organic and such a, an overlooked component of what community can do. Because mm -hmm. I think, Gary, oftentimes we think the big, flashy, shiny program is the thing, but I, I, you know, I used to run an AmeriCorps program and I remember um, the, the things that uh, they said every, every child needs is a caring adult. That's one of the tenets of, of the Absolutely. five things that a kid needs. And that, that has never been lost on me because I think we overlook those kinds of opportunities to relate to people, mm -hmm. kids, adults, that, that personal interaction that makes a difference i i appreciate a shiny program i do but right. <laughs> but we can't always wait for the shiny programs 
you can't. And listen, the kids who the kids who are doing the greatest, it isn't because they're brilliant necessarily. It's because somebody cares about them and gives them time and attention and energy and all of the, all of the stuff that young people need. My kids are doing well, not because they're brilliant. They're, they're knuckleheads, right? <laughs> but but they're doing well because I give my all my attention to them. Right? I was going to ask you, how do you have time to do all this? Because you've got four kids. I mean, I think your, your oldest daughter is a grown-up or she's close to she's being back grown. In the house, she's back in the house now. Okay. Right. Yeah, they, they, they do come back. I, I, they, they do they, come they, back. They, they come back, child, and you just, yeah. yeah. But you, and you got a set of twin cherubs and, and you've got your other son. So mm-hmm. how do you have time for all these other children? <laughs> I, you know, when my mother uh, passed, uh, what, 10 years ago, 10 years ago in July, a lot changed for me. So I've been doing work, right? I've been an act. I've been active for 30 years. I've been doing work, but my understanding of the work changed and my level of dedication to the work changed. So my understanding of the work now connected itself to my mother and what she wanted to do in her life. And I often tell the story of her name because she was Araminta and her mother was Harriet and her mother was Araminta, which relates to Harriet Tubman, who was Araminta and Harriet and how she saw the connection um, between the name and what she wanted to do. And I realized that, (laughs) it's crazy that I never realized this, but I realized that the reason I was doing this was because of what she poured into me, right? Having been a person who wanted to do it. And I was actually living that out. Um, And I was a person who was doing it because it was kind of the right thing to do and it's what I learned. But I was also a person dealing with my own emotional issues and being unable to do the emoting thing like a lot of us. Well, when she died, like a lot of that broke down as they t- those things tend to do. And I don't know, I just have so much energy and all I really want is to spread love, right? If you read my Facebook post, you know this, right? You're I like, do. This, if this dude don't stop talking about love. Although I missed the cologne game, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I just feel like before, before I leave this plane that we're on, I want to do as much love spreading as possible. And so, you know, it's easy to do with my kids. They're my kids. They're in my space. Um, but it really isn't that difficult to do it with other people's children either or other people. Um, and I know that it's important because in that time when I was unable to do certain things in terms of emoting and understanding emotion and being uh, emotionally, health, emotionally healthy and intelligent, I was dangerous. I didn't hurt anybody, but I was potentially dangerous because that person who can only access anger is just as potentially likely to explode as the person who is exploding, who you think is the problem in the community. And so while I was an engineer and I had become a person who was in politics and becoming known, I was a problem potentially. And I, my goal is to help reduce the number of problems in our community by loving on my people. So that's how I have the time. I, I don't, I don't it, it energizes me to do it. It doesn't take away from I so enjoy this conversation. I so am grateful to know you and glad that you could come on this morning. And I want you to come back because I want to talk about the artistic Gary next time. Cause I know <laughs> you, I know you are a photographer and yeah. take beautiful pictures. And I don't think people get to talk to you about that side of you. So I want you to come back 
and let's talk arts and photography and the artistic Gary. You tell me when to come back, I'll be back, or I'll just be listening as normal. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you. Thank you for being a fan of the show. I appreciate you greatly. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day and happy first day of school. <laughs> happy first day of school. Thank you, Gary Winfield. Bye. All right, Harry Jones, play us out. I'm on my way out, people. It is good to be back in the big chair. It really is. And I feel rested and I feel vibrant. I'll see y'all tomorrow. I'll see y'all tomorrow.